it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host here on this morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. And boy, is it it's great to be back. It's great to be talking about the Steelers. And it's really great that the Steelers are going to be getting ready for actual practices coming up in less than a week. I hope you're as excited as I am. And I hope that you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And by the way, if you haven't checked out our other morning show, which aired yesterday, Brian Anthony Davis, Tony Defio, the Steelers Retro Show. If you've lived, I don't know, 35 years or more, heck, you don't even have to be that old to enjoy the fact that they go back, they went back to the 80s yesterday show, talking about some old school Steelers. It's really, really good stuff. And Brian's got a memory, and so does Tony, to be honest with you. like I, It's like a steel trap. Those guys remember stuff that I wouldn't even remember if I tried. With that said, though, to get that, you have to follow us on our audio platform. So wherever you're listening to this show, make sure that you follow us. So if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you really like the content, give us a five-star rating. Give us a good comment. We appreciate it. If you're listening on Spotify, follow the show, Google Play, iTunes. I said that Stitcher, Anchor, you name it, we're there. Follow us. The best Steelers content around. I, I say it all the time. I'm not messing around. Behind the Steel Curtain is your one-stop shop for everything you need. Podcasts, film breakdown, breaking news, commentary, you name it, we have it. That's where you should be. So today's Let's Ride, all about the offensive line. And I got to be honest, I'm going to give credit here. 
one of my followers on Twitter listened to my Monday show and he started talking about uh, the offensive line. He was kind of concerned. And he said, I don't know, Jeff. I don't know about this offensive line. They're kind of getting a little old is what he said. And so I thought about it and I said, well, let's, let's talk about this. I said, maybe I'll talk about this on Wednesday. So I did some digging and I'll tell you what, the, the title of this episode should give away my take on it. Nonetheless, it is that in 2020, the offensive line, you should not be worried about. You should not be worried about the offensive line in 2020. There's a lot of other areas of this team that you could be concerned about. You could be concerned about the quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't played since week two last year. He's coming off a season-ending elbow injury. His The depth, oh my gosh, Mason Rudolph, Paxton Lynch, Devlin Hodges, that's it. You can be concerned about that. The running back position, James Conner can't stay healthy. After that, it's very unproven. Benny Snell Jr., Kareth White, Anthony McFarland, uh, Jalen Samuels, if and when he gets removed from the reserve COVID list. You could talk about the linebacker and safety depth, and I'm talking about inside linebacker and safety depth. You could be concerned about that. Minka Fitzpatrick gets hurt. Devin Bush gets hurt. Yeah, that's a concern. That is. You could talk about the health of key players, players that are known to have injury issues. Eric Ebron, Ben Roethlisberger, Vance McDonald, James Conner, Marquise Pouncey, Stefan Tuitt. All of those can be concerning. Definitely reason to have you thinking, oh boy, this is something we need to think about heading into this upcoming season. But I don't think offensive line should be one of your concerns. I really don't. I I really don't think it should be. Now, when I thought about this, I thought, what are the narratives that are always surrounding the offensive line? What is it that people are always saying about the line that aren't necessarily true? They're common narratives. They're common themes on websites like BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, but they're not necessarily telling you 100% truth. Well, one of them is that the offensive line is getting a little long in the tooth. How about some people said last year, this this offensive line is so overhyped. They're so overhyped. They were never that good, and now it's you're seeing it. You're seeing it on the film. Another narrative, boy, did they get exposed in 2019. The offense was awful. Boy, did they get exposed. And lastly, this offensive line is nothing without Mike Munchak. Mike Munchak went to Denver, and with it went the offensive line because, honestly, without Munchak, they are terrible. Those are really the four common narratives that you hear when you hear someone talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line. Some of them are justified. Some of them aren't. Some of them have actual factual backbones, we'll put it that way. Some of them, not even close. So what I decided to do on this show is I'm going to go through each of those narratives, talk about whether there is some fact behind it or whether it is pure fallacy. And I want to, hopefully, if I do my job, I will convey to you, the listener, by the end of this podcast, you'll say, maybe Jeff's right. Maybe maybe there isn't that big of a deal. Maybe the offensive line isn't as big a concern as we once thought it was. So let's get started right off the top, that top narrative that I mentioned, that the Steelers are getting old on the offensive line. They are getting long in the tooth, so to speak. Old man time is catching up to him. We all know all those phrases. And yeah, I think that it's natural to see that they are getting a little bit older. 
Let's take a look. Alejandro Villanueva, 31 years old. David DeCastro is 30. Marquise Pouncey is 31. Matt Filer is 28. Zach Banner, 26. Chuksakor, 423. Stefan Wisniewski, 31. The one thing I don't want people to get confused. I don't want people to think that an offensive lineman is comparable to a skill position player when it comes to the golden number of 30. I've said it. Everyone else has said it in this industry. You hear them say, well, this player is on the wrong side of 30, meaning they are on the back nine of their career. Now, when an offensive lineman turns 30, most would say that, yes, they've gone that they've gone through the turn. If we're sticking with that golf analogy, they're through the turn and now they're on the back nine. But that does not mean that if an offensive lineman is in his 30s, that they are not able to be productive. I say that the offensive line and defensive line to an extent is similar to a quarterback. If you are smart and you have that experience, you can play well into your 30s, well into your 30s. You've seen offensive linemen that were 35 and still very effective, some are even older. It's because as you play, you get smarter. The more experience you have, the ability that you the, the ability you have to be effective without overextending your body. You learn those little tricks of the trade. You hear Tunch Ilkin talk about them all the time. Craig Wolfley, the same thing. They got smarter as they got older, and that's how they were able to remain effective. When I look at the offensive line, I see a bunch of players that are very similar in that regard. They're David DeCastro, Pouncey, even Al, Al Villanueva are p- players that are going to learn. They're going to get smarter. I think that these players and this unit still has a lot left in the tank. Yes. Are they getting on the wrong side of 30? Sure. Uh, is the offensive line a position that you can actually survive and thrive after 30? Absolutely. But let's not forget, though, that Matt Filer, who's a starter, whether it's a guard or tackle, doesn't matter, is 28. Zach Banner, he's playing on a one-year contract. He wants to be that starting right tackle, 26. Chuks Okorafor, who they drafted, 23. These are young players. Now, Stefan Wisniewski is kind of like that wily veteran you have as a backup. And he's 31. He's tied for the oldest player on the line, but still, it's fine if you have a, a that interior offensive lineman be that guy that has the experience, has been in, has won two Super Bowls and back-to-back seasons with the Eagles and the Chiefs. But I, I don't want people to think, let's also not forget that they just drafted Dotson, a guard, young player. They're infusing some off they're they're infusing some youth into this offensive line. I hope people see that because it's exactly what's happening. So are the starters getting a little bit older? Yes. Is that a cause for concern in my opinion? No. Not at all. This group still has a lot of juice left and I think they're going to prove it this year. Let's go to the next narrative before we take our first break. This unit is overhyped. Everyone heard that. Boy, they're overhyped. These guys aren't any good. The Pro Football Focus had them as their top offensive line in 2018. Look at them now. They're awful. They can't score touchdowns, settling for field goals, or can't even convert on a short third and one. Look, you're going to hear a common thread throughout a lot of these narratives. And the common thread is that Ben Roethlisberger not being in the lineup has a direct correlation to whether the offense is successful from an offensive line standpoint. I can't say it enough. Ben Roethlisberger being able to diagnose plays, being able to see what the defense is trying to do, 
and then putting the offense in the best position to succeed is something that should not be taken lightly. Offensive lineman David DeCastro has talked about it. Marquise Pouncey talked about it. A lot of other offensive linemen have talked about it and saying that when the quarterback is experienced and knows how to check out of plays, how to shift, whether it's protections or blocking schemes, that makes a big difference. Last year, the offensive line didn't have that. They had Mason Rudolph, essentially a rookie. No, I know it was his second year, but he didn't even dress for a game his rookie season. He had no experience on the field outside of the preseason. Devlin Hodges, a literal rookie, an undrafted rookie, a player that went undrafted for a reason. These players are not going to be able to do what Ben Roethlisberger does from an above-the-neck standpoint. They just don't have the experience. Go back to 2004, Roethlisberger didn't have that experience. He couldn't do it either. It probably wasn't until roughly 2009 that he started to get comfortable with making those pre-snap reads and those calls experience matters, not just on the offensive line, because yes, Marquise Pouncey can point out blitzers. He can point out different defenders that they want to target, uh, always looking to show protections or shift protections one way or the other. But if the quarterback has to be able to see it and also get his players on the offense in a position to win that particular play, you did not see that in 2019. And it's no one's fault other than in, I, I, let's just put it this way. David DeCastro said they sucked. That's his quote, not mine. He said, we sucked in 2019. And I'm sorry, I can't disagree with him. I cannot disagree with the fact that this unit, this offensive line did not necessarily live up to snuff, but it's not all on their shoulders. Were they overhyped in 2018? Maybe. I don't think in 2019 they were necessarily exposed. If they duplicate the 2019 performance in 2020 with Roethlisberger under center and Roethlisberger looking healthy and capable, then we revisit this and then we might say, well, you know what? Maybe this unit isn't as good as we thought. But until that happens, I'm not going to take a 2019 season with essentially two rookies stepping in for a seasoned veteran, future Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback, and all of a sudden just say, well, offensive line, take them out to pasture. They're done. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That's not the way I think. I think this group is was not overhyped in 2018. I think that they are going to show up in a big way in 2020. What about those other two narratives? Oh, yeah, we're going to get to it. Don't worry. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Steeler fans, we are back in the first segment. If you just joined us, I'm Jeff Hartman, your host. In case you weren't paying attention, we talked about are the, are the Steelers offensive line getting older. That's a narrative that is commonly just thrown out there repeatedly. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about were they overhyped in 2019. Let's get to exposure. Exposure. Were the Steelers off? Well, was the Steelers offensive line exposed in 2019? Again. Quarterback play matters. They are, in my opinion, this is with or without Ben Roethlisberger under center. The Steelers' offensive line was not and never was a power-running line. Think back to when they were the most successful. Okay? Were they the group that was just running people over? I'm talking full steam ahead. You call the plays. We're going to just push people backwards. Were they ever that offensive line? Nope. Not in my opinion. Not at all. They were always, in my opinion, built for Le'Veon Bell. It almost looks like Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, the scouting department, Randy Feetner, Todd Haley, back when they, these decisions were made. It doesn't matter who is involved. They all said, we have this very special running back in Le'Veon Bell. What does he do well? He works well in space. He's definitely a guy that can make someone miss. His hesitation and patience at the line of scrimmage is second to none. So what do we need to do? We need to build an offense, an offensive system, and we also need to draft players and pick up players that are going to help us match the skill set of this special player. And they did it. This offensive line was perfect for Le'Veon Bell. They thrived with Le'Veon Bell carrying the football. They knew exactly how to hold up their blocks for just a second longer. Bell would do that little pitter-patter, 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 boom, hits the hole, and he's gone. The offensive line, they knew exactly how to handle him in the back, and it's something that now that the backfield has changed, James Conner is not the same running back, nor did anyone ever expect him to be the same running back, as Le'Veon Bell. James Conner's a one-cut downhill, I'm going to run right up your back if you're not if you're in my way, type back. That's fine. Can be very successful in a lot of uh, systems, not necessarily in Pittsburgh's system. James Conner needs a lane. Le'Veon Bell would wait and find his lane and then exploit it. So with that said, that they are built and were built for Le'Veon Bell, can they improve? I think they can improve. I think that they can. I think Matt Filer, especially being on the interior, if he stays a guard, will definitely help them improve in this regard. I think that David DeCastro is going to have a bounce back year. I think that if, whether it's a core four, but especially if Banner wins the right tackle job, he is a guy that can definitely get downhill. He can definitely move some bodies because he's a big body himself. I think that they can improve. But for those fans out there that are expecting the Hogs, 
the old Washington Redskin hogs to all of a sudden show up at Heinz field. It's just not going to happen. This offensive line was not exposed because they're not built for that style of offense. They are built for pass blocking, not just Le'Veon Bell. They're also built to protect the quarterback. And if you look back last season, they did that. It's just that Mason Rudolph might not have had the wherewithal to find the check down like Roethlisberger does. He might not have found what we all know. It was very much blatantly obvious how sometimes he just failed to step up in the pocket. The offensive line was doing their job, but the quarterback wasn't necessarily doing his job, and therefore it resulted in a sack. Roethlisberger under center, that sack never happens. And again, I know that some of you might be sitting here listening, saying, oh my gosh, Jeff is doing nothing but creating excuses for a subpar offensive line performance in 2019. I'm not doing that. I'm trying to justify the future in 2020 and maybe even beyond by looking back at 2019 and a little bit earlier and saying that not everything falls on the offensive line because it it's just fact. It doesn't. It's a passing league now. If you can't pass the ball in the NFL in 2020, then you might as well just roll over and die. The only team that I can think of in the last five seasons that has been remotely close to just saying, we're just going to run it down your throats is the Baltimore Ravens last season where they ran the ball more than they threw it. But let's not think that Lamar Jackson and those fellows over there at M&T Bank Stadium are just lining up in an I formation or a wing tee, and they're literally just running it everything, every single No, Lamar Jackson dropping back to pass, doesn't see his first read, tucks it and runs. Counts as a running play, counts as yards, counts as yards per carry, all that stuff, but not necessarily a designed run. This is a passing league. Look at all the players that are getting all the money. Patrick Mahomes just got a ridiculous contract. Why? Because throwing the ball means a whole heck of a lot. And so the Steelers offensive line, even at their age, they are built to pass protect. I got to be honest. This is going back to shout out to Lance Williams, because we used to always joke about this before I left. And we didn't think of it. Someone in the live chat of our, one of our shows said it. And it was essentially Ben Roethlisberger saying, I didn't get my elbow reconstructed to hand the ball off. Now, Ben, in his media press conference last week, did say that he'll win no matter what. If it means handing the ball off 30, 35 times, whatever, then that's so be it. But at the same time, Roethlisberger is going to want to throw the ball. Why? He's competitive. Why? Because he wants to win. Why? Because he thinks the best way to win is to throw the ball. That's just a quarterback. If you have a quarterback that doesn't want to throw the ball, you don't have a quarterback. Period. You don't have a quarterback. Roethlisberger is a competitor. He's a champion. He wants to win more championships before he retires, and he wants to be the reason why. He wants to throw the ball. You call that selfish, that's fine. But at the same time, when you have an offensive line that is built for this, when you have a quarterback who... Let's be honest, we're not sure. No one knows what Roethlisberger's arm is going to look like. But at the same time, you have to think about it and say, well, this is how they're going to succeed. Ben's going to go for it. He's going to go with Augusto, and that's throwing the ball. So were the, was the offensive line exposed last year? I don't think so. I don't think so. If this year plays out the same way 2019 did in terms of a lack of production, they can't run the ball even when they have a quarterback and a wide receiving core that's a little bit more uh, – a little bit, a lot more legitimate, then we'll have another discussion. The last narrative here, and that is that this offensive line is nothing. I mean, nothing without Mike Munchak. 
was it nice having Mike Munchak, the Hall of Fame guard, and well, he's had a long list. He's a heck of a coach, too. People forget that he coached the Titans, was the head coach. Great offensive line coach. Was it great when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? He went to Denver for personal reasons, a lateral move. He was vying for the head coaching job, didn't get it, but still went to Denver because of, uh, well, the family, personal reasons. Can't fault him for that. Shashan Surrett has been the offensive line coach now, and there's a lot of people out there that say this guy can't hack it. He's just not good enough. Well, first and first and foremost, I'm not sure if I would say that one season is enough to gauge or judge a, a coach at any position, whether it's an assistant, whether it's a coordinator, or whether it's a head coach. I don't think that one year is enough. I just don't. I think they need you need more time. So he might be doing things a little bit different, even though he coached under Munchak. He's been in the Steelers system for a long time. He might try to be putting his own stamp on things, might try doing things his way. Maybe he takes it a little bit more from the player's perspective and what the players like to do. Sometimes these things take time to implement, and we don't know exactly if it's Surrett or something else. One year doesn't make a good coach, in my opinion. And I don't think that we saw enough in 2019 to judge on the coach. And this goes back to the age-old age old conundrum of who gets more blame, the coach or the players? Execution versus preparedness. That's what it comes down to. I remember when Ben Roethlisberger was sacked five times, I'm sorry, intercepted five times, 2017, week five, Jacksonville Jaguars at Heinz Field. It was the famous game where Ben said after the game, maybe I'm done. Maybe I'm washed up. Maybe I should just hang it up. And everyone freaked out. But you know, a lot of people blame Tomlin. Oh, there you go. Mike Tomlin, another horrible loss. Chalk it up. Just It's another one. It's another time that, one of Mike Tomlin's teams did not perform well enough to win against a subpar opponent. Now, let's not get into the fact that that same Jaguars team came into Heinz Field later in the year and they beat him in the divi- in the uh, divisional round of the playoffs. But do you blame Mike Tomlin for Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball to the other team five times? Anyone? I don't. I don't at all. Why is that Mike Tomlin's fault? Do I blame Mike Tomlin for dropped interceptions or dropped passes? No. Now, do I blame Tomlin if a team, like for instance, if he has a time management issue where he says timeout when he probably should have let the play run or any number of issues that can happen from a coaching standpoint, maybe a bad challenge? Yes. But this comes down, and this is all going to tie together here. Who do you blame here, coaches or players? I think that it could be, it should be 50-50. So in this case, Does Surrett get some blame for a subpar performance by the offensive line in 2019? Yeah, some. Should he get all of the blame for the subpar performance in 2019? No. He's not the one out there whiffing on blocks. He's not the one out there that's missing the twist and getting the quarterback blown up. He's not the one out there that is jumping off sides and putting the offense in a down and distance that's not conducive to winning anything when you don't have your starting quarterback. He's not the one out there holding because they got beat on the offensive line. So is what I'm saying damning to the offensive line last year? Yeah, if you haven't figured it out yet, they weren't good. What did I say about DeCastro? What did DeCastro say? They sucked. But at the same time, I look at this and say, is it Sean Surrett's fault? No, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. 
If you take Mike Munchak and put him back in Pittsburgh last year, do you think it would have been any better? I mean, honestly, answer that question to yourself. If you're sitting there and you're like, well, Jeff, I mean, I think, I think Mike Munchak's a really good coach. We know he's a good coach, but do you think that he's some miracle worker that he's going to be able to magically get a quarterback? That's going to be ready to go out there and make all the pre-snap reads that are appropriate and get his offensive line in the right spot to win. No. Now with that said, I'm not putting it on Surrett. So there you have those four narratives that are always being brought up that they're too old, overhyped, they got exposed in 2019, and then they're nothing without Mike Munchak. Those are the four things that are just like, they're like pillars of hatred towards the offensive line. The offensive line in 2019 was not good enough. Nothing can show me that more than the multiple failed second and one, third and one, fourth and half a yard. When those things happen, that's a problem. And that's why I'm not dismissing the 2019 performance at all. I mean, how many times did we, I can remember several last season where the Steelers would have a big play on first down. Let's say it's a pass to Deontay Johnson makes a man miss gets tackled second and one. And you're thinking, let's line it up, hand the ball off, get your yard, get your first down, move the chains. And when we're ready to go, well, no, that wouldn't happen. Whether they would run the ball two times and get stuffed or depending on where they were on the field. We as fans saw that way too many times in 2019. So yes, that is something that I'm not suggesting that 2019 was a hundred percent excusable from the offensive line standpoint, not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that I think that 2019 was an aberration. I think that it was the perfect storm of missing your quarterback and having offensive line that maybe just wasn't up to snuff. Ramon Foster was there last year. I've always felt that Ramon Foster was not athletic enough to play within the Steelers system. Filer moving to guard is going to really help the interior of the offensive line. But then the question is, at right tackle, can Okorafor or Banner actually get the job done? Sadly, I can't believe I'm saying this again. Sadly, we're not going to have a preseason to really know whether they can handle that or not. We just we're not going to find out until the games matter. We're going to find a depth chart at some point this preseason that's going to show Banner or a Corafor at tackle. And if we don't see those two names there, if we see Filer there, that's even worse for those two players. If the Mike Tomlin, who came out out of the blue the, a couple like last month and said we're going to start Filer at guard, he basically said we're having a one-on-one competition at tackle. If neither Banner or a core four can claim that job and they are forced to move Matt Filer from the guard to tackle, that is unbelievably damning on those two players. And then that means you're shuffling everything up. That means Wisniewski might be going to guard. They don't want to have to do that because they like him as an insurance policy. So, but moving Filer to guard is going to really solidify the inside of that, that interior of the offensive line. I think that's going to be really, really important for the running game. Really, really important for the passing game and protecting Roethlisberger. I think that this offensive line, if, and it's a big if, if right tackle can be shored up, whether that's with Banner or Okorafor, they have a lot of potential entering 2020. I don't think they're too old. I don't think they're, I, I don't think that this is a washed up bunch. 
For some reason, I get that feeling, whether it was that DeCastro said he can see the end of the tunnel or whether DeCastro said, yeah, we realize we're getting older. We're all getting older, folks. No one's getting younger. That's impossible. These players still have a lot of juice left in the tank. I think they're going to prove that here in 2020 with Ben Roethlisberger back, getting that interior locked up. Hopefully they get someone to step up at right tackle. I think that this group could be very, very special and could look more like 2018 than 2019. Now, you may disagree with everything I just said. You might be listening and saying, Jeff, you're way out of, well, you're way off base. This group is too old. They were overhyped in 2018. They did get exposed in 2019. And without Munchak, this group is awful. You might be right. You might be right, but I'm not going to know that until I see the product on 2020. And that's if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy and is able to do what he has done in years prior. And we won't know that, sadly, until week one, Monday Night Football, when the Steelers go to MetLife and they play the New York Giants. Until then, it is all a guessing game. It is all a educated guess. And that's my educated guess, that this group is going to turn it around in 2020, and they're going to make Steeler fans proud of that offensive line once again. But we'll see. We shall see. All right, that's it. That's it for this episode of Let's Ride. I thank you for listening. Make sure you check out Thursday morning show, Dave Schofield, co-editor. He's my buddy, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. He'll be on with the Stat Geek. Stat Geek used to be a PM show, moved it to a morning show. If you love numbers, he's going to be talking about plenty of those as he breaks down the 55-man roster or 53-man roster. He'll explain that tomorrow. So check that out. Reminder, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And make sure you follow our audio platform wherever you're listening. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, even Pandora, folks. If you have free Pandora on your phone, just search Behind the Steel Curtain and you will be able to listen to our podcast on your Pandora app. I've had people say, well, I don't like iTunes. I don't like Google Play, but I do have Pandora. You can find us there. So make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe, do whatever you have to do so you don't miss any shows, three shows a day. Check them out. Perfect for the black and gold rabid fan, which I know there's a lot of Steeler fans would fall under that category. So I'm Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride. I will see you on Friday. Have a great day. Make sure you check out tomorrow's show with Dave Schofield. Be kind, stay safe. We'll see you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.